This is K-12 Tech Talk episode 68. We do a COSIN recap and find out if Josh actually showed up to any sessions. We talk about map testing and whatever Mark calls his and his state. We discuss ISP DDoS services. Actually, we complain about them. And then uh, Undelay, Undelay, Mama Ia, Ia, uh-oh. Have a listen. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs. For K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I am Josh. With me is, as always, is Chris. And as of four weeks ago, I think, we have Mark with us. Hello, yep. gentlemen. Good evening. How are you? Hello. Good. Good. How's Cosin? Should Cosin we jump was, right into Cosin? We can. We can jump right into that. Did you uh, really go? Yes, I really went. Quickly, first, though, let's talk about somethingcool.com and Jeremy and the folks over at somethingcool.com. Uh, if you need assistance... With pretty much anything technical, uh, it might be phishing services, it might be a new server, it might be uh, just some help with some uh, added hours of technical support. The folks over at somethingcool.com can help you out. Yes, they are based in St. Louis, Missouri, but they are willing to talk to you if you are not based in St. Louis, Missouri. So give Jeremy a holler, Jeremy at somethingcool.com, and he will do his best to assist you and see if working with them is a good fit for you or not. And I think Jeremy is a fan of Miranda Lambert. Oh, really? And didn't you see I, her at Cosin? I, I did see Miranda Lambert at Cosin. She said, hey, aren't you Josh from the K-12 Tech Talk podcast? <laughs> Miranda said, was a, a featured speaker this year at the Cosin? She, she was on the stage that I was standing next to in the pouring rain on Broadway. Um, but yes, I did go to Costa and I did go to sessions contrary to what these two yahoos are spreading. Um, I did attend. I did meet people. I met the lovely CTO or CIO from the Memphis School District. I am not going to pronounce her name correctly, so I won't do the disrespect of doing that. But she, I had a great conversation with her and listening to... Um, she had an interesting story. Uh, we were talking before uh, a session about cybersecurity trends in the future. And um, she was telling me that on the first day of school, the cabinet, the leadership team for the Memphis Public Schools, they're not called that now, they just recently changed their name. Um, they get on a bus, the, the cabinet gets on a bus, and they go around the district and they go visit, I think she said six buildings on the first day of school. And the round trip mileage they put on that bus, I went, it was nearly 100 miles round trip, I think she said. And it takes all day from like 7 o'clock to 5 o'clock, end of day. They are on that bus and they're visiting different schools to see how the first day of school went. Um, oh. It was an interesting story. She told me, I think she said 100 and, 136 different buildings. Um, and like, I want to say she said 40 stat, 40... It, her her numbers were crazy. Um, it, it was fun to talk to her and, and hear what all they do with uh, the amount of staff that they have. So mm. shout out to the Memphis School District Tech Director and their department. I'll, um, uh, 
So yes. what was the what were the major themes of Kosen? You know, was there a general so, theme or just? Um, there were a couple different themes. The some of the keynotes revolved around equity and education, and removing barriers to quality education and, and making kids feel welcome and comfortable in their educational setting. Um, those were some pretty interesting discussions. Um, the sessions that I went to, since I'm kind of nerdy, um, typically revolved around cyber cybersecurity trends. Um, I attended one from Utah Department of Education. Uh, a gentleman that led the session was their keep the. It's interesting because the Department of Education in Utah kind of spearheads their student data privacy stuff, and he was the lead person for that. Um, so he kind of walked through. It was really interesting because they have apparently a really cool YouTube channel that I have not visited yet, but they've got all of these privacy videos that deal with everything from FERPA to PII sharing, um, vetting we <coughs> vetting websites, stuff like that. Um, and it's freely available on their website, uh, or I'm sorry, on YouTube. And uh, they require every two years when teachers go for recertification in the state of Utah, they require teachers to prove that they've watched those privacy videos as part of their recertification process for the state. Um, I thought that was a pretty interesting way for this at the state level for them to buy into or to to show how important student data privacy is at the state level to require that for teacher research um that was a pretty cool session and a representative from ptac the um one of the national organizations um was in the room so it was interesting to uh, kind of see everyone's reaction when they said oh ptac's in the room um so I've never attended COSIN, um, and I got to imagine that some of our listeners have not as well. Would you tell me um, if I am a, a field technician, is COSIN for me? If I'm a network administrator, is COSIN for me? Do you say tech directors on up only? Is it a technical conference, leadership conference? What, where, where would you put it? Mark, you've been before, right? Yeah. yeah so, okay, correct, correct me if I'm wrong in this assessment. I I would say the majority of the sessions are geared more to leadership type roles than a technical hands-on type session like what we do at Midwest Tech Talk, Chris. Um, this was, uh, there was pretty much everybody that I talked to during downtime was either a director, CTO, CIO, um, I might have run into one technician from Murfreesboro, Tennessee school district who I convinced him to subscribe to the podcast while we were having breakfast. Um, really cool guy. They have like, like he clicked the like button and then you left and yeah, and then he, unlocked, yeah, and then he unsubscribed, but I gave him a t-shirt and a st sticker. So he was, oh, he sweet. was, he was all happy about that. Um, but Mark, what do you think? I, to me, I, I think it's geared a little bit more towards that leadership type role. Is yeah. It... Yeah. I mean, I, I went to, I've been to Coastal in, in Chicago and in DC when it used to be there. Um, and it's, it, it's almost a hodgepodge of, of different people. It's it, I think that's one of the strong parts of the conference is that it does appeal to various different audiences. You've got teachers, principals, superintendents, obviously technical staff are the main focus, but you, I, I think everybody can find a track that they enjoy at Coastal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you do have, 
small districts and large districts all in the same room together. And so you could be sitting at a table with, you know, LA with half a million students and, and a small district with a thousand students and a teacher and a CIO at the same table. So yeah, that's cool. It's different, right? And, and you, you don't have everybody in the same role at the same place, but that actually make what's what makes it, it's, it's kind of a strong conference. So it's a great, it's a great show to go to. Nice. And I will say Missouri was very well represented. Um, of course, I was there, so that I mean that that I mean that's cool. all the representation right. Missouri needs. Um, I had multiple text messages <laughs> messages from people trying to find Josh. Yes, I I should have told you. So we should have done this differently. We should have done this earlier Monday. I should have told you what outfits I was wearing, and yeah. then like we should have done a take a picture with Josh contest. Um, yes, <clears throat> I was there. Our friend Jason Rooks was there. Our friend Debbie Smith was there from Missouri. Mm. Jason's from Missouri. Um, mm. I met the tech director from over, I believe it was Clinton School District in Missouri, over by Warsaw. She was in uh, the the CETL, everything to know about CETL certification session that I was in. Um, there were several people from Mornet. John from Mornet was there. I had a good talk with him for a bit. Um, I was actually, jealous. We kind of followed each other in a couple different sessions. Um and yeah, I mean Miranda Lambert was there, uh, Breland Breland was there, <laughs> Nelly was there. Um, who am I missing? Uh, I don't. My wife will walk by and tell me who I'm missing. But the, yeah, we had um, we had a blast, man. Nashville. Hey, is, here we go. Miranda Lambert trivia. Name oh, this Lord. song. Oh no, you big old I, fan. You. I'm not a fan. Better be careful what you do. I don't want to be in your shoes. If they ever found out. You better be careful what they say. It never really added up anyway. I got friends in this town. Friends in low places. White liar. Oh, yeah. I, I'll be the first person to tell you I am not a hardcore country fan. But, but you are a white liar right now. Nashville is a blast. And my tweet, I made, it a, I made a tweet when I came home yesterday that um, it, it was something like, you know, my, my first COSIN conference had a blast. I don't know how you'll ever beat Nash. And I'm like, dot, dot, dot. Cosin 2023s in Austin. World-class oh. barbecue and music. Yeah. I'm there. So, Cosin 2023 is in Austin, Texas, the ATX. And it's late March, which, man, it, it ought to be really close to what's the big um, music and food thing that, that Austin hosts. Austin uh, City Limits? No, it's not Austin City Limits. Uh, um, I'm out of Austin conferences. That I, 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 so, I uh, name this oh musician. <laughs> andale, andale, mama, ia, ia. That's Nelly. That's Nelly. That's Nelly. <laughs> yeah, Austin, uh, South by Southwest. I don't know when it is in 2023. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cosin 2023 is like March 20th through the 23rd, I believe. So it'll it ought to be pretty darn close to South by Southwest. And Cosin does uh, a number of awards. <clears throat> I heard the uh, team from Wake County uh, in North Carolina won the leadership award today cool. uh, or this week. Uh, yeah, Marlo Gaddis, uh, Tuesday, wonderful, right? wonderful CTO, CIO in uh, Wake County. Uh, Well-deserved award for her work. So I, I saw that one on the news. Awesome. Did they um, do did they do fail fest this year? I was not in a session with Failfest. Oh, so okay. if they did, I missed it. I was probably, I don't know. 
having him. Um, so, so quick fact at uh, one of the coasting conferences, I actually was voluntold to do fail fest and I, I won hands down fail fest. Oh, so I am a, told uh, by who, um, I, you know, it just for, for context, for our, our listeners, the fail fest is, um, they ask some folks to come up there and talk about their biggest failure. Uh, and then everybody votes with noisemakers to see who's the biggest failure of the year. Uh, and I'm very proud to say that I was the biggest failure nice. uh, of that year. Yeah. We're, so. we're proud of you. Thank you. Thank Can you, you retell the story? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll save that one for another one. It was a phishing hack gone wrong or a phishing <laughs> okay. scam got wrong. And, uh, yeah, we lost some money. Oh, cool, man. So, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge failure. It was really nice coming home to be like, hey guys, I'm a, an award winning failure. And they were like, boss, we know. Yeah, we know. We know. We've been saying it for years. <laughs> Josh is on what? mute or something. Sorry. Um, I have myself what? muted. So one of the things I did learn that was pretty exciting, Mark, I think I texted you about this um, Monday afternoon. I was in the, the CETL, the CETL certified education technology leader session and they said that they have gotten rid of the essay portion of the CETL certification so now it is a hundred percent multiple choice questions um, or a test um, and that's a pretty big departure I've talked to some people that are CETL certified that uh, it used to be that you had to take a multiple choice test and then sit for an S- essay test and then turn it turn that in uh, they said they received overwhelming feedback that the essay portion of the test was either not applicable or just um, kind of dated, I guess. So they've actually removed the essay portion. So I, I found that pretty interesting. I think I am pretty sure I am going to um, probably sit for the CETL test and see if I can get CETL certified. So And then try to get that sweet raise? Sure, yeah. <clears throat> No, I really, I really want to put letters behind my name. Oh, yeah, yeah, I go for the badges on my email signature. Yeah, if you pass, you get a badge, and you get to put the letters. I'm pretty big name. into that. Mm. Yeah. I like badges. So I'm trying to think what else. No, I got to meet really cool people. I met uh, the CTO from uh, I can't remember what he didn't say Chesapeake Bay School District, but it was a, a school district in that area. <coughs> um, so yeah, it was it was a good time. Uh, I would highly recommend if anyone is on the fence about attending the conference to go ahead and attend uh, because Chris and and Mark, we've talked or I've talked about this, that I think one of the best things about going to a conference, you know, you you get content from the sessions and the sessions were great that I attended. Um, But I think the value added part of that is meeting people that you wouldn't normally get to meet. You know, the conferences that we do here in Missouri, you know, we all know each other pretty well, but you know, the, you you still run into people that you don't know and hearing their school, their story about their school and their details. Um, so you expand that to a national level. Yeah, we had people from all over the place. Um, it, it was really interesting to just make those connections cool. and talk with those people. So, yeah, I would highly recommend attending COSIN if you can. Yeah, COSIN, it's a great conference because it's it's you feel like the people that are running it are the people that are doing the same job as you. It's not like a uh run by some kind of organization or corporation right so it's it's yeah people that are running the conference are people that are in the same seat as you and they know exactly what you make lifelong friends so coastin is definitely one of the conferences i'd recommend going yep so next year austin sold austin in march of 2023 and then i think 
2024, it is back in DC. What else you guys got? We started map testing this week, doing our state assessment. Mark, we were going to ask you, what's your uh, what's your tests called? Massachusetts so, way. Yeah, so so we have map assessments, but it's I think it's a different uh, acronym for map. We also that's more of our kind of year long uh, assessments in Massachusetts. It is the MCAS, the Massachusetts Comprehensive Assessment System. Test. Okay, and we are we are in the throngs of of MCAS testing as well. So, lots so of to compare notes, are you you guys do like a is it DRC? Like what's the name of the? It the, is the, uh, the, the platform itself behind is, it. Yeah, the platform itself is Pearson, but the content is uh, is proprietary to Massachusetts. So they they, they make the questions, I believe. Uh, the platform is uh, Pearson Access Next, if you're familiar with that one. Okay. Yeah, Missouri um, is DRC is the method that it's administered with. Um, but I think, like you, the the content. Is- and DRC has gotten better over the last, what, Chris, what, three years, four years? It was right before COVID they changed the yes. the caching tool to the COS server. Now I only have one one COS that I'm running for the whole district now. Yeah, me too. I used yeah, to have one for the building, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 We're, we're kind of on uh, <laughs> on autopilot. I'd say the first year you ever do an assessment is brutal whether it's the first year for your district or for the first year for that vendor, and it gets kind of easy. So now we're kind of on autopilot for caching servers and test administration. And it was, when did you guys start, when did Massachusetts start, start doing electronic assessment? Uh, Missouri was a, what, six, seven years ago for Missouri. It's about the same. Yeah. Those first years were, Hey, let's talk uh ACT. Do you guys do a like online? I, well, I just got asked this week. I had to fill out some assessment stuff for if we want to become an online testing center yep. for ACT. What do you guys do? Do you do anything like that? We have. Um, actually, uh, next week, I believe, we are giving all of our juniors. It's the week after, I guess. All of our juniors are taking the online ACT um, administered through TestNav. Yep. Uh, that's easy. That like turnkey, it just works. Have you done that for a while? This is probably our the COVID years screw me up here. This is probably the third time that we've done it. Um, it works pretty well. I know our test administrators, our counselors at the high school, say that test nav is a much better experience administration wise than the one the ACT tests that are given on Saturdays. I think that tool is through Pearson, maybe. They they hate that electronic tool. Um, the TestNav administration seems to be much much better. Yeah, TestNav is actually the platform that we use for our state assessments. So. Oh really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Familiar. What else? So, you man, we're like we're in sync on <laughs> awkward silence tonight. Yeah. And then we keep trying to talk at the like we are just we are one beating heart. Yes. It's all that grilled cheese. Um, <laughs> what else you got, Chris? Well, so and I'm I'm gonna uh, change names and be cryptic and maybe uh, neighboring school district uh, had a DDoS uh, attack for days in a row uh, last week or two or so. Uh, 
rewind the track from that. It, that got me thinking about two other neighbor schools, uh, had some hack stuff going on, fishing gone wrong, possible student data stolen, all that. So it's kind of, I look around and I see three of my neighbors that bad things have happened to. Uh, and I compare myself to them and we're very similar in security tools that we've implemented. Uh, I wouldn't give myself a higher letter grade report card than them, but it's happened to them. Uh, but then going back to that DDoS school, so we, so we use the same uh, ISP uh, and they provide, and Josh, you can speak to this some, I know, they provide some DDoS mitigation, uh, like a service. If you buy it. If you buy it. So uh, had, had some recent discussion because this is hitting around the time that I typically meet uh, with my boss and go over budget. So I looked into buying that. Uh, and it's about $3,200 a month, which is ridiculous, uh, not erratable. Uh, it's its own beast. So, so, and there's some give or take to that number, but that's about $38,000 a year. Uh, so, so discussion I was having in, 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 in my office was if I'm thinking about doing that, um, that's $38,000 that I've set this imaginary, you know, budget line for. I could use that 38 grand or a lot less and pick different buckets for me to put money into. So maybe I buy a, whatever, some spend five grand on something that might help with DDoS spend five grand on something that might help uh, with, with ransomware, uh, you know, pick and choose different buckets. Uh, I talked to that ISP even uh, and had some awkward banter with them because <laughs> I could afford to go to another ISP for some backup right? Uh, instead of paying for this DDoS service. And I, I said, I just wish, and they said, well, it's, ex you know, it's expensive. We're doing this. And I said, I, I just would like for you to be like a good neighbor, a good company, a good person and like help because uh, right. they, they don't help. So quick take on that, all that I just said. So I, I agree with you that what, what frustrates me the most about this situation is you're right the the monthly cost let's let's just say thirty two thirty five hundred dollars a month your internet connection if you're at a gig with this same company is a hair over a thousand dollars a month so you're telling me that that this ISP wants you to pay for your internet connection for a thousand dollars a month let's just say that's pretty darn close pre e rate. But then they also want to keep you protected to pay three times that amount for a service that you may not need 99.999% of the time. Right. I have a problem with that. Um, I think, to me, a much more reasonable solution would be, okay, I'll, I'll pay you a retainer fee of a couple hundred bucks a month to know that whenever I need you, I'll call the knock and I'll say, okay, this is, this is Josh. We need you to take a look. We need you to see what's going on and, and block whatever is happening and then charge me a per incident fee. Sure. And if, and if that fee needs to be $3,000 per incident, fine. But, but the, I, I don't, the retainer, I feel like that retainer method of a couple hundred dollars a month is a better method, a more equitable method for school districts like you and I, Chris, that when, when you're telling me I have to spend three times what I'm paying 
for my damn connection for a service that I'm not going to need almost 100% of the time. I'm only going to need it once every how many years if I'm lucky. That's asinine if you ask me. And you know who you are, a service provider, if you're listening. Because I know for a fact that there is another service provider, let's say they rhyme with Shmay TNT, that... That was terrible. Their fee for DDoS is dramatically less. And I mean like 10% of the cost of what this provider that Chris and I use is is trying to charge. Yeah. I know that for a fact. That was going to be my question is, what do you have for options? Can you move to a different provider? It sounds like you can. Sure, you can. Here's here's the problem. So, one, my biggest problem right now is I'm in the middle of a three-year contract. So nothing is happening until that three-year contract is over. Right. Problem two, so, so once that contract's over, I have a couple of options. I can go back to the state consortium and say, I want you guys to manage my internet connection now. They go through the process of bidding it out and getting low bid for the last mile tail circuit. The state consortium actually takes over the DDoS management and the, the that WAN connection type management service. The problem with that is that state consortium is almost, you're, you're paying almost the same as what you would be paying for our current carriers DDoS protection. So it's really not a huge gain. It's it's a it's actually a hair cheaper, but it's not a massive gain. The other option would be to have another third party, be it Windstream, be it AT&T, be it uh Show Me Fiber, you, you know, you name your provider to come in and drop service in. The problem that I have in that scenario is None of those providers are in my building. So there's going to be a twenty to $30,000 construction cost yeah. Yeah. for them to come into the building. Now, granted, a portion of that's e-rateable. But either way, I'm spending more money than I should be. Yeah. So none of those three options are good. The, the high and low of it is the provider that we're currently with knows that they have us over a barrel. And I, I don't know. It, it, it's not a good situation. I asked, I said, uh, well, like we're doing action steps at the end. I was like, I keep waiting for you guys to talk about, like, you're going to try to get me like a year free. <laughs> and then it was awkward again. <laughs> and Mike in the office, uh, I mean, we've worked together for years now. He always knows that I, I always go for free. Like I always go, I always pitch something. And he was he was giving me the look because he knew I was going to take some kind of jab. Uh, I just and OK. And going back to DDoS versus ransomware and all these things. If you were like, Chris, you got to pick like you got to pick one of these. Like, which which one of these do you want to happen to you? I picked DDoS over ransomware or some of those really bad things where data stolen and like life is absolutely terrible. I would just pick. Yeah, take away my internet for days. Yeah, because well, here, go ahead, Mark. No, I was I was going to caution you. So a DDoS attack sometimes is not in isolation. They're 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 hitting you with a, a data breach, a ransomware, and the DDoS is to draw your attention somewhere mm-hmm. else. Uh, yeah, 
So you got to be careful what you ask for because the DDoS sure. attacks to to a to an attacker is really not much of a big deal, but it throws your attention somewhere else sure. while, sure. while they're trying to do something else. And, and here's the thing: if if and when, because let's face it, it's going to happen. We're DDoSed. I I okay. We're signing that. We're signing that agreement for a year. You've got me over the barrel. I'm going to take it. I'll sign up for it, and we'll use it for a year. I don't, I don't know if that's enough of a of a fear for me to preemptively sign that contract when I can get a second connection for a couple hundred bucks a month. Shoot, I was talking to a school district today that said they're, they're in talks with T-Mobile to use one of their T-Mobile hotspots that they're now selling for residential. For They have a similar offering for business. He's in talks with T-Mobile to get that for the school district and use that as a backup connection for mission right. critical type solution. Dude, if I'm if I pay a hundred bucks a month for that and it sits idle ninety percent of the time and I only push testing traffic over that, hot dog, I'll do it. That's that's where I really like. If if I'm using the ISP's DDoS protection service again as like my, it would be this much money. Well, now I, if my if my my boss can agree with this. Well, then I've established this much money. So let me spend, yeah, let me spend this much on a backup. I could buy some, uh, what is that? Uh, Cloudflare stuff. Yeah. And do, and do some but... protections on that, whatever, or whatever. Some some <clears throat> different ones. I can pick some different mit- DDoS mitigation things, maybe. Uh, and whatever it is, thousands of dollars, but st- I'm still not at the 38,000. Right. The the thing about cloud Cloudflare, Cloudflare, and I've looked into this. Cloudflare is great for a website, for a domain name to prevent from getting DDoSed. Sure. They really don't have, <clears throat> they do have a layer three solution for an IP protection, but it's, you're putting hardware, their hardware, at least at the time that I looked into this, it's not as simple as it sounds. It's not as simple as calling the knock from our current provider and saying, hey man, we're getting attacked. See what you can do. It's it's not like that. So, um, I agree, Chris. If if you're under the assumption that you're going to spend that thirty five grand anyway, I'm I lean more towards the end of well, I'm going to spend that thirty five grand on stuff I'm actually going to use and need right now versus something that it makes me feel better to have. And in the instance that I do need it once a year or once every other year, okay, great. But is that one incident a year or two incidents a year worth $35,000? Now, in the middle of testing season, you bet your butt it is. But right. and, and I've really thought, I mean, I it's in my uh, rough draft budget proposal that I, I I'm going to try to pitch and carve out an actual and he can change it to whatever he wants, but a cybersecurity budget line. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, my antivirus and stuff is just out of tech fees or if I'm buying a new firewall equipment, but I want, I would like to establish this, this budget line is for, and again, it can be a, a part of whatever, but this much money I'm going to dedicate to cybersecurity stuff to give my district a fighting chance against some of these things. Or, or can we at least say that we tried? Right, because because right now I'm just looking at my neighbors, uh, and I see what's happened. I'm like, hey, I'm we're just like them, like we're set up the same. 
and again, now I have a neighbor that's like going to spend a bunch of money uh, to do this year service for just DDoS. Right. Uh, right. It took it took us getting DDoS attacked multiple times for us to uh, to invest in that service. So, yeah, you know, it hasn't we haven't had any impacts for a few years, but. I'm telling you, when you're going through it, it's pretty painful. Oh, we've gone through it. We went through it twice in a very short amount of time. Both of them were hired by students, and both of them were hired for free. It it doesn't take anything to do. Yeah. One was your son. No, no, <laughs> no. Chris, that's something you can do. You can hire a DDoS uh, attack on your district and then use that to convince yes. your district, hey, I think we should buy this. I get the budget line established, a little one, yep. enough money to buy the DDoS attack. Yep. I DDoS attack myself. It takes yep. like $5, man. <laughs> it, seriously. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I spend the $5. I attack myself. You you could also just unplug the just unplug the connection. I could. Save yourself I spend, five bucks. Yeah. I yeah. spend no what money. What happened to the internet? Oh, we're, we were DDoS. <laughs> we were DDoS. The guys in the office are looking at me. Guys, shut up. I'm trying to get us some money. Yeah. <laughs> Just put your feet up on the desk. When they agree to buy DDoS protection, plug the cable back in. Yeah. Shoot, we need to talk about ClassLink real quick. Chris, you want to talk about ClassLink? Well, yeah. ClassLink, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, we're actually going to, we're working on scheduling an interview with them. Uh, it'll kind of be its own episode. We, we've done some exclusive episodes in the past uh, with just interview style. We're going to talk to them, learn a little bit more about them. Uh, but check out ClassLink. Of course, you can go to ClassLink.com. Uh, in particular, they do some single sign-on stuff. Uh, the, I mean, the easy thing, and, and we we know this, There's if, if your school is heavy in the applications, heavy in the websites, that's a lot of accounts to manage. Uh, so ClassLink can take that on so that, uh, you're not wasting classroom time uh, or tech department time troubleshooting logins and passwords and the whole bit. Uh, basically, a kid can log into ClassLink the one time and they have access to all their apps uh, on whatever device they're using. So check out ClassLink. Mention the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. That's the only way we keep Josh uh, showing up to these uh, every week. It's like, Josh, can you please just keep coming on the pod? We need you, man. Uh, sponsors, uh, Josh wants money. He gets greedy with these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and grilled cheese sandwiches and cups of chili and whatever. I don't know. It, I don't know. But check out Class Link. Let them know that you heard about them from us. And Class Link was a, uh, they had a large presence at Cosin. It was good to see them there. And Did you get to meet any of them? Um, just the, the folks that were in a couple of the sessions that I was in, none of the, none of the major folks that, um, what else is going on? Anything? Uh, I had a scare on Friday. Oh, um, Mark's scary story. Mark's scary go? story. Mark's scary story. Well, it's a little, maybe a little comical story, but, um, it was, it was scary to somebody else. So I got a call on a Friday from a principal and oh uh, yeah right i forgot about this yeah yeah so he 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 called me up and uh we're a large district and uh we have a website platform but sometimes schools will get their own websites uh sometimes they might have a uh 
an excited parent who will set up a website or an excited teacher who sets up their own dom- you know, their own URL and website. And uh, so while I'd love to have, you know, hundred percent control over all, all of our school websites, you know, there are some schools that have gone off and done their own thing. And so one of the principals called me up and, and he is newer to the school. The previous principal had set up their own website. It was done through Wix he said, you know, over the last week, I've been trying to publish and update the content. And it just, every time I click publish, it doesn't, nothing changes. And uh, I was going to reach out to you guys. But then this morning, a parent reached out to me and, and, and said that there's pornography on the website. So oh. I, think, I, I think we've been hacked. And uh, so I asked him a couple more questions. I said, well, well, tell me what, when you said you were publishing, what was going on? I said, well, I was, I was hitting publish on the content management system, but it was only the, the web page was never updated. It was never showing our website. It was always this like, almost like an index thing. And then today it, it, it's now changed to pornography. And I, I knew right away. I was like, <laughs> Oh God, I know exactly what happened. And uh, cause he's new to the school. He, this was not his website. He kind of took over this, this monster. Um, and so I was like, let me do some research and I'll call you right back. And meanwhile, in my head, I'm going, I know, so uh turns out he had been um he knew he had to pay for the website so he had been paying for the content that through wix but he didn't pay the domain and so so when he was hitting publish the domain had expired and he was seeing that like index page you know when you go to a url and there's nothing actually there that's what he was seeing thinking that there was something wrong with the platform and then the day that he called me, the domain name had been purchased by somebody else, and they redirected that URL to a pornography website. Oh, so uh, as soon as I figured that out, and I kind of had a hunch when I was when he was calling me, so I, I gave him a call back and said, "Look, I'm I'm really sorry to say this, but there's nothing you could do to get the website back unless you want to pay a huge amount of money to to buy that that domain from this right. person." Um, I said that, you know, the best thing to do, we kind of looked at a few options and we, we bought a very similar domain uh, and redirected the website to that domain. So it was, you know, we just threw in, it basically just threw in a, a punctuation mark uh, into the, 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 the name of the website, had him update every website, every email, everything that he possibly could to redirect to the, to the new URL. Uh, and my, uh, my network team uh, added a little, uh, modification to our network to redirect anytime somebody went to the old domain on our network they redirected nice. it to the to the new one so that's only internal right but external sure. folks would may still go to the old one but that was a little bit of a panic uh and uh but he was very grateful we were able to get that you know i'd say partially resolved within within 30 45 minutes and he was very happy but at the same time it was another lesson for us that you know when when you have somebody who kind of goes rogue and buys a website. We, we need to have a little bit more of an eyesight on this right. one because it, it just takes staff tra- transitions and turnover to, to lose track of, you know, all the different components and, and, and look what happens. So on best guess, how popular was that domain? Like in a given day estimate, how many hits do you think that page got? So he, it was rather low. So he had not okay. been keeping up the website for a long time. So in terms of people purposely going to that domain name, it was relatively low at the time. He, you know, he had, he had transitioned from a different principal and we had just come off of the pandemic where he was kind of reinventing his, uh, 
his social media presence. So it was relatively low. I don't think it had a huge, uh, but you know, it takes a domain name going up for grabs and somebody seeing, Oh, this is a, an elementary school. Let me, let me throw some pornography up there and, and, and force them, force them to pay me for the domain name back. So did anyone contact the domain owner to see what he would sell it for? No, nah, I'm not going to bother. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay somebody a cent for for doing yeah. something like that. Yeah, so, just it, trying to see if Josh's name was available. Oh, a dot com. It's like dot com's taken. I might, maybe I maybe uh, I just bought it because you don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our six our Aruba six thirty fives are humming right along. Um, I got an email from Derek at PD Provision Data Solutions PDS the other day asking a question about some of the hard-coded uh radio settings that i had in there asking if that was intentional or not um so that goes to the to speak to how proactive and how provision follows after the install of um hardware and software that they do so i I was very appreciative of that email from derek and uh the guys at, at pds and and so far so good knock on wood the hey that rhymed that should be we should coin that as a phrase are you Nelly? Maybe. Maybe I write for Nelly. Um, <laughs> Are you a ghostwriter for Nelly? Um, so, yeah. Give Provision Data Solutions a call if you're in Missouri. And if you're in the need of some physical networking or wireless networking, check out Aruba Networks and uh, give them a try. You won't be disappointed, I promise. Been using them for, shoot man, almost 15 years probably. I did have a uh, email exchange with uh, Ryan uh, at Provision, uh, so they're kind of partnering up with uh, HP HPE Aruba guys, Chris over there, uh, with Midwest Tech Talk, uh, Aruba with PDS going to do four breakout sessions uh, at Midwest Tech Talk in July. They're going to do one session on CX switching, uh, talking through what's the difference between the new CX switches and the legacy Aruba OS software stuff. Cool. Uh, they're going to do a session on Wi-Fi 6E. Uh, what is different? What's that E all about? Uh, should we worry about using it in our district? They're going to do, uh, and this was a requested one, uh, an Aruba ClearPass uh, session presented by peers, some roundtable discussion on all that uh, we're all using ClearPass for and to, to kind of dig deep into that. Uh, and then they'll do, a, they are infamous for their roundtable discussions that will be uh, basically you get to hang out with Derek in the room and do some roundtable discussion uh, with whatever you want to talk about with provision data solutions. So check out them at Midwest Tech Talk. If you haven't registered for Midwest Tech Talk, make sure you do that. When is Midwest Tech Talk, Chris? I don't know. July something. Man, we should we should find a vendor for, to pay for Mark to come into that. July 17th is the kickoff, and then July 18th and 19th is the actual event. Yeah, the K-12 Tech Talk podcast will be there. Well, two of us anyway. We'll see. We need to figure out how to get Mark there. Yeah. I think we're presenting. I'm actually on vacation that week, so unfortunately I won't be able to. Ah, Likely excuse. I'll be in the Midwest. I'm going to uh, do a family trip to Yellowstone. Oh, cool. That's cool. Are you driving? Flying to the the park and then driving through it. I don't know if I really would call that Midwest. Would you? Yellowstone's kind of upper. Yeah, it's not. I'm in Boston. I'm sorry. I'm in Boston. Everything. uh, Everything that's not California is is Midwest. Yeah. 
Yeah. Josh, did I tell you that we're doing a session? No, you typically tell me the week before. So it's we're doing a session, bro. A podcast session? How to start a world famous podcast? Roundtable Google Admin. Again? Okay. <laughs> it's the wheelhouse, man. So it so one session that I did attend um, at Cosin that that I found pretty interesting. You know, Chris, how Midwest Tech Talk or Mo Tech Talk at the time, we did the battles between filters yeah. and firewalls, and we had the vendors there, and they they didn't trash talk each other, but they tried to explain how their product was better than the other product. It was wonderful. Um, the session that I attended, one of the sessions that I attended on Tuesday was had a Palo Alto representative and a Fortinet representative. And it wasn't necessarily about their products. It was more about where they see the trends in cyber going. Um, and it was, as you can imagine, both of them were pretty similar as far as trends go. So it was interesting to see each company's kind of take on what what's happening in that space. So it was it was kind of interesting. It wasn't necessarily a battle, but it was more of a kind of roadmappy kind of trend type discussion. It, it was pretty cool to see two vendors like that in the same room talking about the same subject like that. Awesome. And one thing that the Fortinet <coughs> guy mentioned was the K-12 Cyber Act that um, was established, I guess, back in the fall or last spring. It charged CISA with going and investigating education and what education needs as far as standards for cybersecurity. The rumor is, from what I gathered from this session, is that those recommendations may be released relatively soon. Um, so, And it was kind of a gird your loins, get ready for it type warning. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if those recommend recommendations do indeed come out soon. I'll be interested. You gentlemen have anything else for tonight? No, I'm going down, down, baby, Yo street in a Range Rover. Oh, <laughs> Another Nelly team. We are officially on spring break. Are you? So, cool. Yep. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we were given tomorrow off, and if we want, school's closed on Monday. So we Should can. we talk about how I... I didn't have school because of possible tornado. Yeah, I mean you can. That was it. the weirdest day ever. That was, that was unprecedented. Yeah, no, it's happened before. I don't think so. I think where so. they're like, there could be a tornado, so stay home. Yeah, we've not had. Them. I am. We. I don't think I've experienced that in my life. And was there a tornado? No, the clouds. The clouds shifted. <laughs> I don't think there was a tornado in the state of Missouri, was there? It turned out to be an okay day. Yeah. And then and then people were like kind of disappointed. Yeah. Like, where's so, the tornado? I thought we were supposed to get a tornado. Yeah. Now you it's, it's good that we didn't get a tornado, okay? You guys are in, in snow country, so you have obviously have snow days and yes. yeah, easy. tornado days. Do you uh, now that everything's moved online, do you have s- virtual snow days, yes. or do you will you close it and it's closed? Close. Both. He does. I don't. Both. So the state of Missouri, uh, a couple of years ago, right before COVID, actually uh, started a thing where you could all, alternative methods of instruction, meaning virtual learning mm. days for snow days. So in the state of Missouri, you can make up to six days out of your calendar as those alternative methods of instruction days. 
Um, hmm. The remaining days, so you're capped at that six days. The rest of your days um, are just regular snow days or inclusive. And not to go Joe Rogan here. Oh. But it can was we always say interesting. Wait, can we say can we say that? We're it was always that. interesting to me how the government told the schools to create alternative methods of learning and and that we, we were gonna get focused in remote learning and then COVID came. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like literally days after we were supposed to make our plans. They yep. told us to make the plans. What are you, we what made are you the plans. What are you saying, Joe? Uh, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. So this this whole COVID thing started in Missouri. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Could be. Could be. Parson strikes again. Oh my god. <laughs> so Jackson, my son did not get to meet the governor on Tuesday. Um, he was he was super. He got to meet his wife, but he did not get to meet the governor and tell him that F twelve is not hacking. Disappointed with that. What a bummer. So, any final thoughts tonight, guys? In episode sixty eight. No, I was trying to find more good lyrics, but yeah, there aren't many good country lyrics. Don't send me your hate mail. What is our email address? K twelve tech talk at gmail Twitter account K twelve tech talk pod. Give us a tweet. Shoot us an email. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know. We probably aren't experts in it, but we can talk about it. Chris can pretend to be an expert. He can read an article. Yep. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa, what? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. That was an episode. Thanks for listening to episode 68. We'll see you guys next week.